Ed, the NBA trade deadline is today. Uh, biggest trade I've seen so far on Twitter, Sham Sharnia saying Oklahoma City is getting Gordon Hayward from Charlotte. Gordon Hayward's still around. He, he's averaging, you you he's mentioned Gordon Hayward a in a break today. Uh, he's gotten mentioned a lot today. He's averaging 15 a game for All Charlotte right. this year. He's 33, so. Yeah, he's close. Not necessarily a whole lot left there, but, yeah, Gordon Hayward's going to OKC. That's the biggest so far. I did see a tweet about DeJounte Murray, a trade falling through where Atlanta was trying to send him to New Orleans. I saw this morning the tweet of it's Woj versus Sham today. Yeah, it's a good day. It's, it's a good, good day. day. Who's going to gonna top each other? Yeah, that's fun. So uh, trade deadlines today. We'll see if anybody significant gets moved. DeJounte Murray might be uh, the most significant to possibly get traded. Uh, but as of now, Gordon Hayward's going to Oklahoma City. They didn't even give him a first-round pick. They traded a guy they drafted in the first round a couple years ago, Trey Mann, but Oklahoma City's got a 1,000 first-round picks. They didn't. Right. They still, have, still have them all. Didn't give any <laughs> of them up. So we'll see if they do anything significant today. Next question. Good, Good job, job, Ari. Ari. Hopefully you there cut you us go, off this kid. time, though. All right. Candace Parker is returning to the Las Vegas Aces. According to Rachel Galligan, Parker is signing a one-year deal. So she played 18 games with the Aces last year. Injuries ended her season. She did not play in the postseason for the Aces while they won their second straight title. Is she a starter for the Aces? Does it matter? That, that <laughs> might be a good question. Matter. That might be a good Gray, point. Gray, Plum, Young, and Wilson back to back to back. You think they're going three straight? I don't know why they wouldn't. It's, I don't know why they wouldn't. They are – like we hear a lot about, oh, this team's really young. They could be good for a while. And rarely does it actually happen that a team is like, oh, yeah, we were young and good and we stayed young. We stayed good for a long time. They're, they might be. They're, like, they're, they're right there. Like, what's going to break them up? I know the WNBA generally has some shorter-term contracts. You're not signing players to, like, five-year deals very right. often. So, conceivably, they could start losing players. But they seem to be wanting to play together. Like yeah, they, like absolutely. They've, they've had players that take less than the max a they've couple of times. They've locked some up for a few years. Yeah, so... They're going to be the favorites going into this oh, year. Oh, absolutely. So they could absolutely win three straight. And then I'm guessing going into 2025, they'll probably be the favorites again. Yeah. So make it. We'll just. We got to put that over number out like we did last year. I think we started with 33. Yeah. And they got to they got to 34, right? Yeah. They, they went over. Yeah. So we'll see what it is. It, it'll be last this year, right? Who knows? I don't. I'm not doubting anything they do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just win all forty of them then. Yeah. Okay. Don't, don't be some bums. What? Who? What are you? Who are you losing to? Why are you losing? Just win them all. One to New York. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> no. 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 Calm down. Forty and zero. Uh, and then I'll complain because the WNBA finals don't go to a game five, and that'll be my complaint yeah. for the whole year. Great question. Nick Saban is joining ESPN. According to Adam Schefter, he will be a part of College Game Day. Um, does Saban want to keep working? I saw this yesterday. I'm kind of – I didn't cringe, but I'm like, eh, I don't know how good he's going to be. Maybe he is. Maybe, look, maybe he steps away from coaching and shows a personality that you didn't see when he was coaching. I don't know. I'm guessing, because he's going to be a part of college game day, it's not like he's going to be on the show the whole time. He'll be, like, doing right. a couple segments or something right. like that, which I'm sure he'll be great in – you know, hey, we just need you for four minutes, four times throughout this show. I'm sure he'll be great in that capacity. But, like, how much are they paying him to where he's like, I just retired. He could have been making, whatever, $12 million a year coaching at Alabama. Obviously, that's a much more difficult job. But how much is ESPN paying him to where he's like, yeah, I'll come, I'll come, you know, out of retirement and go work for you every now and then? Seven figures? 
Probably. I think probably. Right? I think I mean, you'd, I, I probably. Mean, do, do you, either that or you stay at the beach house. Did you see the Did you see the Twitter of him uh, boogie boarding? Yes, he's getting wiped out. Getting get wiped, wiped out. out. Yeah, it was his wife tweeted or posted it's that his, video, right? It was his daughter. It was his daughter. His daughter, his daughter posted, posted the video. that video. Yeah, getting sold out by, by his own family. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, he's on. He's retired now. He's on a boogie board. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I don't care about him. Next question. The Raiders are hiring Mike Caldwell. He was the Jacksonville Jags defensive coordinator the last two seasons. Okay, I I need uh, like clarification. I don't know if you know this, but. Mike Garofolo tweeted it out, and he said that he will be the run game coordinator and the linebacker coach. Now, he's been a defensive coordinator or assistant his entire career. Does that mean he's the defensive run game coordinator? Because I've never heard of one of those. I don't think I've never heard of you being on both sides of the ball. Yeah, but so is is there a defensive run game coordinator? Does that position exist? Antonio, he might have he might have created it because I feel like I he haven't have heard created. of a defensive run game. Tell you what, if this guy's on both sides of the ball, he's a Raider. <laughs> if this guy can coach on both sides of the ball, be kind of difficult to practice if he's on both sides of the ball, screaming at Josh Jacobs and also screaming at Robert Spillane <laughs> at the same time. Uh, but if he can, he's a real Raider. This guy. I I am assuming run game coordinator means defensive some sort of run. defensive run game coordinator. But again, I had never heard of that before, so I was also like, wait a minute. Is he on offense? Yeah. Is he telling Josh Jacobs where the hole is? So, we'll see. But Mike Caldwell uh, could be or should be joining the Raiders staff. We shouldn't say officially because we just saw Cliff Kingsbury uh, already once. I, uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry, I just got <laughs> uh, So someone got arrested climbing the sphere yesterday? Yeah, Mason Deschamps. Yeah, he calls himself pro-life Spider-Man. Yeah. He apparently pro-life. says he climbs to, like, end abortion. Right. Um, he had the wh- GoPro on. We what, saw him. What happened? What's going on here? How'd they get him down? Uh, he might have, well, he might have come down by himself, and then the police were waiting for him. Because I just, I saw the two videos. I saw him halfway up. Yeah, one climbing up, and then I saw one of him, Las Vegas locally tweeted out, of him on top of the sphere, just kind of, like, walking around. How do, you, how do you get down? Can oh, you climb man. back down? I guess how the hell do you get up is a good question, too. It just it just cringes me to even think about going that, up that high. I couldn't. I don't know if I could take three steps of it, never mind go to the top. Yeah, it's a, yeah. what are you doing? It's a, it's a sphere. you got to climb no. like up into and the angle. To the side with yeah, the angle. Yeah, that's not good. No. We made it up there, though. Now he's in jail. Yes. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Good for him. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's not climb the sphere. Yeah, let's not this, do that. This might be a good idea there. Okay. Silence. <laughs> Our Las Vegas A's made a trade earlier this week. They acquired Ross Stripling. I know him well. And Cash. Yeah, I know him well. From the Giants. The Let A's, them have him. A's sent a minor leaguer uh, to San Francisco yeah. for Stripling. So Stripling is due to make $12.5 million this year. The Giants are paying $3.25 million of that. Um, Stripling has a career 3.96 ERA, but last year not very good in the ERA over five with the Giants. I enjoy that the A's, when they make a trade, they have to get cash in the deal as well to help pay for the player yes, they just yes. traded for because I'm pretty sure Stripling is now their highest paid player. Oh, a $12 million? Absolutely. Yeah. Who else on that team? They had somebody at 10 million? last year, and I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but they did have somebody at 10 last year. So... Stripling's now going to be their highest-paid player, and about a 25% of his salary is coming from a different from team. From the Giants. 
That's our A's, baby. <laughs> Coming right. to Vegas. They got a player in some cash. It's a great deal. Those are great. That's that's another great question. Uh, according to Jenna Lane, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers included Baker Mayfield on their offensive coordinator hiring decision. So the Bucks lost their offensive coordinator. He's now the head coach, Doug Tallis, of the Panthers, and they had to hire a new one. And they asked his opinion. Uh, on who they should hire. Which means he's not going to be the quarterback of the Raiders. Right. He's not. He doesn't have a contract right. next year with the Bucs, and they're asking him who should be yeah. the OC. I think he's going to have a I contract with the I Bucks. think he's being brought back. Right. Um, if you were the Bucks, and listen, there's a, there's a difference in asking opinion and doing what Baker Mayfield says. Right. right? You can right. ask his opinion. I know he was really good last year. Do you care what his opinion is? I think you kind of placated a little and ask him and like you said not have the final say I don't know I, I'm sure the uh, Raiders asked the players of their opinion although the well, Raider players gave Max their Crosby opinion. was going mean, to tell them whether exactly, they asked or not exactly. Devontae Adams <laughs> and Max Crosby weren't going to wait around for the phone to ring they were going to they were going to give their posi- uh, opinions no matter what so I don't if they know they're bringing the guy back and they want him to feel good about things ask him and then make your own decision about it yeah just uh, interesting that he's that that's the report we got about Mayfield when you know it's, it's not like did Baker ask better questions in the interview than Ken Harris? Oh, guaranteed. There's oh, no question about that. He had to. Oh, he probably put the coordinator on a whiteboard and said, "Let's go over some things." Ken Harris would have never oh, done that with an offensive yeah. coordinator. Ken Harris probably didn't even know who he was interviewing. <laughs> it was like, who are we talking to? I got no idea. What are you picking up the mic for, Jared? Well, you do you think that he asked him? All right, you're out running the cops. What do you do? Oh, no, don't ask Baker about that. He's got to get faster. He's got to get more elusive, or he's going to get dragged down. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty detailed question. Uh. The New Orleans Saints could be committed to Derek Carr for two more seasons. So NOLA.com's Luke Johnson uh, reported that we should, quote, expect the Saints to restructure Derek Carr's contract. Carr has a cap hit of over $35 million. The Saints are way over the cap. They're like 70, 80 million over the cap. So they have to restructure a lot of deals, which basically locks you into players because they get more guaranteed money or however you end up restructuring it. The Saints don't really want Derek Carr, though. Well, they don't want him as he played last year because they finished 9-8 and eight and didn't make the playoffs. They want to be better. And here's the funny thing. He had a completely normal Derek Carr right. year. Like, if you look at his numbers, it's just it's exactly who he was with the Raiders. With the Raiders. Essentially yep. every single year. Yeah. Just an average NFL quarterback, quarterback which is fine, fine, but not if you're giving him a big deal. Right. And that's kind of what he has with the Saints. Um, it's not a huge deal by any means, but it is a fairly significant deal. And given the Saints have a lot of problems, it is uh, a bit of an issue for the Saints because they the, – here's the, here's the fun comparison is the Saints to the Bucks. The Bucks went all in in the Tom Brady years, and the Bucks this year had like a 70 million dead cap hit against their roster for all the moves they had made. And the Bucks decided we're just going to eat it. We're just going to take that entire – we're not going to restructure and push it down. We're just going to eat it, take the dead cap hit, and suck. They didn't suck. They made the playoffs. The Saints, meanwhile, though, they were going all in on the end of the Drew Brees years and they still continue to try to push it off. And that's what the Derek Carr thing is, right? They're going to restructure it. They have to restructure To get his cap hit down this year, but then he's still going to be counting against their cap probably when he's off the team because if you restructure it, you push – like he's going to be – there's going to be Derek Carr dead cap money against their cap number when he's off the team in two years. So the Saints keep kicking it down the road. The Bucs just ate it all in one season, and now the Bucs are going to be set up 
presumably much better for the next few years than the Saints are. Well, I'd rather have Baker. Well, that too. And Baker Mayfield yeah, was much Baker. better than Derek Carr this yeah. past year. I, I, we'll obviously see Doug Canales uh, uh, with um, with Bryce Young in Carolina and right. see how good he does right. there. But I'm also curious to see, like, how good was he to Baker? Like, does Baker right. fall back off? Because ba- Baker had a career year. Yeah, he right? was great. It's not that Baker was, like, a bum all, all the time. No. But, like, he went from, like, average quarterback to, to really good. Is he one of the 12, 10 best in the league right. this year? With the injuries, he definitely was. So I'm curious to see. How good is Baker with the new offensive coordinator there and Canales is gone? And, like, does Canales make Young really good? We could be talking about Canales as, like, oh, hell. This is quarterback. What, this is quarterback one, guru. Yeah, this is one of the great coaches in the NFL. Right. So we'll see how that plays out. But we are out here at Radio Row at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Coming up next, we talk to Kenny Mayne. With Granny and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Boom shakalaka. Boom. You got to add the extra boom. Boom, the shakalaka, boom. Uh, fun Candace Parker highlight right there. She might have been the only one. <laughs> Come on, Ed. She played at 18 games. All right, all right. She scored all right, more than that. All right. all right, yesterday I got a chance to catch up with former UNLV quarterback Kenny Main. Take a listen to that. We are here with Kenny Main. So, Kenny, I've got to ask you, how do you feel about UNLV's practice facility kind of getting some I negative heard, publicity this week? I heard that Monday night somebody came up and told me that. I don't know. I stepped on that field. I'm not sure what they mean. They said it was a little squishy, I think, was their complaint. They apparently put grass on top of the turf because the UNLV facility has turf because they play on turf in Allegiant, but the Super Bowl's on grass. So they laid grass on it, and apparently it was too soft. Has it fallen down? Or, I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't don't... seen it. I didn't see what they did. Um, when I first heard the criticism, I was like, oh, man, we're getting bad pub over. We were loaning out the gym. <laughs> That's a nice facility in general. They got a barbershop, nice lockers, great weight room. Uh, I haven't heard anything since then, though, so maybe they revised their opinion. So the Players Association is apparently not uh, thrilled with the grass part of it, but the actual facility part, lots of players have been giving it like good reviews. Brandon Ayuk was saying that uh, we don't have anything like this up in Reno. And uh, they've had some players that played in the Pac-12. They're like, oh, this is way nicer than we were expecting. This is a huge locker room. So the actual facility is getting good reviews. It's up to them. Hopefully everybody gets through the week clean. I think the game itself is an absolute toss-up. San Francisco might have its best game. They really haven't yet in the playoffs. I would, on a, on a basically a pick-em game, one team has Patrick Mahomes and the other one doesn't. So <laughs> that's and but I'm not saying that with great conviction, like oh boy, bet everything you got on Kansas City, but you got to knock out the champ if you're gonna if you're yeah. gonna win. Well, the interesting part is that the Chiefs had what their worst season that they've had since Mahomes has been there, oh, and they're still were, here in the Super Bowl. People were absolutely giving up on them. I did. I will admit that I, I, I watched them lose. Dade O'Connell yeah. not complete a pass for three quarters. I'm not gonna say I gave up on them because the NFL is so up and down anyway, right? Week to week, who was great every week. All these football shows, one week, you know, Philadelphia is invincible, and this week, you know, San Francisco. So, it's hard. Every game is hard. Every win is hard. They definitely kind of put it back together and got into the team that we've been used to seeing. And, I don't know, I, I'm surprised there's any spread. I think it should just be a pick em game. Just a pick em. It almost got By there. By the way, the free bubble gum here. Yeah, we got a whole bunch of gum for right you. Right now, you are leading the league here. 
Oh, in, we're, uh, we're your favorite? We've got yeah, the most perks? In amenities. Okay. Yeah. We are Radio Row Amenities. It's ESPN hard to get Las water Vegas. around this place, I'll tell you that. We have a water for you. I'll uh, get you, you guys, one when we're done. Number one. I'll get you a I water would, when we're done. Your set isn't necessarily the top one. <laughs> but what does it matter? We're talking in microphones. The people listening don't know where we're They have no idea what it looks like. As long as we've got gum and water, I, I mean, we will look take at those, it. those serious guys over there. What are they? they got four they stages. They got lights. They're doing it's radio they rowing. They got show. four TV yeah, stages. That's stupid. It's a little little much over there. I did want to ask you because you were telling me before we went on that uh, you've been doing a lot of speaking engagements. A lot of what you're doing here is for your foundation. What what about your foundation? Uh, what what can you tell us about well, it? Well, way back when I was a uh, average football player in college. At UNLV, I was a quarterback. I hurt myself on the last play of a game my junior year. Fracture dislocation, actually. is pretty severe. Played one more year, 81. A lot of years went by. And through surgeries and arthritis and, you know, you know how it goes when it's a severe injury. And now many years later, you're kind of paying for it. So I was lucky to find a guy in Gig Harbor, Washington, who makes these devices called an Exosim. To kind of, like, slip into it. It's made just for you made out of carbon fiber and then you stick it in your shoe and it's literally like magic like i ran on the first day doesn't really he, doesn't even make sense <laughs> if you saw my ankle or saw me limping around or knew my uh, you know just the fact i couldn't i couldn't do what i wanted to do it's just something that goes in your shoe i was very limited yeah it's well i'm wearing it right now they that, can't see it because we're on radio yep. but <laughs> i put my foot inside the device okay and then you put the device inside your shoe you got to buy one extra size like i'm a 12 i buy a 13 and i could run on day one so i called my wife and we were both like let's do something good about this because they the guy who made it made it for veterans in the first place that was okay. why he developed it so we started this thing called run freely and it's runfreely.org and we have helped, I think I've lost count. I'd have to look through the computer, but we're in the 50s right yeah. around. And every life has been significantly changed, you know. So we're doing a thing here on Thursday. Joe Montana is going to throw passes to the seven. We just limited it very small. I told him it's going to be 10, 15 minutes, not, you know, because I knew his time would be tight. We're not doing a big event. There's no hors d'oeuvres. There's no drinks. There's no nothing. There's just <laughs> no gum. Joe Montana, you know what? <laughs> Great call. Um, Joe Montana is going to throw seven people a football from a very short distance. Like, you know, when he used to dump it off to Roger Craig, a little yeah. circle route. And they get to keep the ball, and they get to say, I caught a pass from Joe Montana. All right. And in doing so, ten of us or whatever, the, you know, whoever shows up, we're going to help one veteran the next day. I'm calling the headquarters of the clinic, which I have nothing, I'm nothing to do with the clinic. I just raise money and give it to him. Hey, who's next in line? I don't even know what the latest chart looked like. I, there was a list of like four recently. We helped the first two, so I'd have to look and see who the next one in line is. But it's, it's pretty cool. Changes their life in an instant. What's a uh, website you have if people want to help out? It's Run Freely, R-U-N-F-R-E-E-L-Y, runfreely.org. And I don't even know if it's sold out or not. We're only going to sell seven. If somebody hears this and goes there and they can do it, that means they're in. If they can't do it, it means we sold out. <laughs> uh, Kenny, before I let you go, I do need to ask you as well. Barry Odom, UNLV football. How How is this season just watching it as a fan of UNLV? Surprising and awesome at the same time. I thought Arroyo had taken it to a better level, and then he took it one more up. So I, I think great things are coming. All right. Barry Odom, UNLV yeah. football. It's a, it was a hell of a season this year. Thanks for, for having him. me. Yep. Kenny May, right. thank you so much. So there was Kenny Main. Caught up with him yesterday. He was enjoying Ed's breakfast of some bubble gum.
that we have set out on the table. Uh, Ed, I did want to ask you, though, how come Chad Ochocinco is not going to be a coach of the Raiders? I mean, he went on social media. I think it was just a big joke to him, um, but it would have been fun. If we would have had Antonio Pierce and Ocho Cinco in, in media conferences, <laughs> I would have never wanted the coaching staff to change. Can you imagine that? They're and one, we would have they're wanted one to, in 16 we, every year. Yes, Can't fire matter. these guys. We would have done dual press conferences and just let them talk. Can you imagine the things that they would have said that we wouldn't know was coming? So for anybody that missed it, Chad Ocho Cinco, is he is he officially Chad Ochocinco or Chad Johnson? I think I I like the Ochocinco. So I don't like the Chad Johnson. He tweeted out, "I'm officially a member of the Raiders coaching staff," and then it's a picture of him with, with Antonio, Antonio Pierce. Pierce. And then Antonio Pierce quote tweeted it and said, "Put me in, coach." Yeah. <laughs> but yesterday, Paul Gutierrez talked to Chad Ochocinco, and Gutierrez tweeted, "Just caught up with Chad Johnson, and no." He's not joining Antonio Pierce's Raider staff, just having some fun on social media, okay. which is very disappointing. Oh, um, it's terrible. Why did Antonio Pierce quote tweet it with put me in, coach? Because that's Antonio Pierce. He's doing things we don't, we don't even expect, saying things we don't expect. <laughs> this is who he is. It's great. That's uh, Okay, here's the thing. Everybody thought it was real. Oh, absolutely. When Everybody first, thought it was real. Well, because... They thought it was real because the picture was with Antonio yeah. Pierce. And it said, I'm joining the staff. Yes. And then, like, Chad Ochocinco's, he's crazy, right? He could tweet out, I'm joining somebody's staff, and, and people not be might true. take it. Yes, People exactly. might take it seriously. But the picture with Pierce, and then to me it was what sold it was Antonio Pierce quote tweeting it. And yes. saying, put me that's, in, coach. And I was like, oh, he actually is He's on the staff. the staff. Wide receiver coach, offensive uh, <laughs> a- analyst. I don't know what he was going to be. Run game coordinator for the defense. <laughs> like, okay, Antonio Pierce is uh, – so Antonio Pierce, is he trolling Raider Nation? Is that what he's doing there? I, he's, I think he likes Raider Nation more than that to troll him. I mean, I think but he, he did, just, though. He made everybody think, think they were I think he just kind of jumped him. in with Ocho Cinco to make fun of it and to do a little I mean, social media joke. Raiders fans thought they were hiring Chad Ocho Cinco. I thought they were hiring a right. Chad Ocho I was waiting for the release. <laughs> Like, we're releasing at 3 p.m. the hiring of Chad Ochocinco. Wins the press conference for Chad Ochocinco. That would have been awesome. Would have been. Man, so. They didn't have one for the offensive coordinator, but they're having one for Chad Ochocinco. Oh, of course. Well, Chad Ochocinco would have had his own. (laughs) If the Raiders didn't schedule one. He would have been here at Radio Road signing up to talk to everybody from the Raider Nation. If the Raiders didn't schedule one, he would have been. He would have done. I actually think he was here yesterday. And I think, sure there was, around. I think there was a moment where we were trying to get him, and it was like, ah, he can't come on because it's not official. <laughs> the hiring? Yes. <laughs> so we were close, Ed, to Antonio Pierce with Cliff Kingsbury and Ocho Cinco on the staff. That would have been terrific. I, I literally would have had three guys each week at press conferences that they could say anything, yeah. and it would have been awesome. Would, that, would Kingsbury would have been, of those other two, he'd have been bored. He would have been, yeah, he'd have been useless. He'd have been bored. Like, oh, he'd ac- talk he'd actually him. want to talk about, like, the offense. Yeah, like, no, like, we don't want to talk about that. Cliff, calm Why down Why aren't you wearing there. socks? Yeah, calm down, Cliff. Let's go. Let's talk to Ocho Cinco again. Yeah. Get out of here. Bring out Ocho Cinco after every game, too. Post-game oh, yeah. with, with Ocho. With a cigar? Yeah. Oh, yeah, even in a loss. Post-game yeah. with Ocho afterwards. All right, coming up next, caught up with Marshall Newhouse, an 11-year veteran in the NFL. We'll have that when we come back. 
Yesterday, I got a chance to catch up with Marshall Newhouse, played in the NFL for over a decade along the offensive line. Check out that conversation right now. We are joined now by Marshall Newhouse. Marshall, if I said you played 10 years in the NFL, would you yell at me and say it's 11? Yeah, you'd be wrong. Okay. I mean, you, you gave me that extra okay. year for sure. <laughs> I earned that year. <laughs> so, all right, here's what I want to know. For somebody that played on the offensive line, if I'm watching an NFL game or a college game, most people don't pay that much attention to the offensive line. Sure. What should I be looking for? Like, what? How do you watch the offensive line in an, in an NFL game? It's you know it's difficult because there's limited camera views. Like we don't get the end zone view, yeah. all twenty-two as they call it. But I think for run games specifically, I think you're looking for consistent like knockback. So the offensive line resetting the line of scrimmage, or vice versa if they're having given up penetration, not having a great game. So that gives you a, a kind of a you know some of that has to do with cadence or you know a defensive line just being more aggressive, but. An offensive line that is consistently getting on double teams, moving the D-line back, that gives the running back more time to make his cut. And I think on the aggregate, it leads to better runs. And then on pass protection, I would say paying attention to how they help each other. I mean, in all, the best offensive lines I always played with were always understanding of we want always to have double teams everywhere. We want, uh, we want uh, mismatches in our favor. So two-on-ones, two three-on-twos. The best offensive lines – outside of just the moments where they bring zero pressure or more than we can block, are work really well together. At, you know, you shut down the Aaron, and Aaron Donald's the best you can. There's never going to be a, a, a shutout. But they're helping each other, and that ultimately gives the quarterback an extra half a second, quarter second, full second. That's when you see better plays downfield, more consistent offense. So on the run and pass front, those are the things I say look for. How much football do you watch? Like we, like fans, media, yeah. love football, but I'm, I'm always curious, people that played it, it was their career, it was part yeah. of their lives for 10, 20, 30 years. How much do you watch? Still, like is it still I want to watch it all the time? Still or? an insane amount. I took a little bit of a break, uh, but I still watch college. I still watch pro. I've got, you know, red zone. Um, and so. So you're, you're on Sunday. You got un multiple unfortunately, screens? Unfortunately, unfortunately. Uh, no, but I, I have, I do laptop and then I'll do. Okay. You're, it's, you're just like us. I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm a sicko <laughs> in that sense. Yes, for sure. And so as I'm getting in sports media, just trying to continue to be aware and, and find trends of stuff that I see in, in real time. And then, you know, I'll, I'll do in the phone game pass sometimes and kind of break some stuff yeah. down and see what I see to see trends. And so, yeah, I'm still in it. It's it, it's something that's in my in my blood. I'm not going to be able to shake it. Doesn't seem like. Do you play fantasy football? No, okay. no. I, mean, I had right. like a group in high school that I, I guess I do casually one one group. That's yeah. it. And so I'll do that. We, you know, some years I, I'm out of town and I miss the snake draft, but it's not that serious. <laughs> like I actually lost this year. I'm, I was last place and the loser. Has oh, to, you guys got a punishment? The punishment is the loser has to sit courtside at a WNBA game. Oh, and like come here. Well, yeah, to the Aces. Or, or I, I think I have to go to Dallas. I'm gonna go to Dallas Wings game. Okay, which isn't a punishment. I'm like, hey, I might find my future wife here. You know, so. but um, <laughs> that's it's it's really innocent. Just high school guys, and you know, twenty buck buy-in. That was it. I Aces games here. Oh man, are, I love are excellent. I, man. I've heard they're they're an incredible team. It's Absolutely. a it's a it, it genuinely is For sure. really good games to go to and. I think my favorite thing about Mark Davis being the owner of sports teams here in Vegas, because he owns the Aces now, too, playoffs, $10 tickets. Oh, wow. It's phenomenal. It genuinely is, like, a lot of fun to go to those. And, obviously, they're very good. So, yeah, that helps. helps. That yeah, helps as sure. well. All right. I wanted to ask you college football-wise. Okay. Um, as somebody that went to TCU, yeah. are you at all afraid – that the Big Ten and SEC will somehow break away and TCU will be one of the schools left behind. No, um, but 
Because ultimately, I think when we made the jump to the Big 12 that, and then also made the run in the national championship two years ago, that signified that we at least are a team that can belong and perception started to shift. I think when I first got there, we are in the Mountain West, we are playing the ULVs, yep. we are out in, you know, different time zones, we are on the mountain <laughs> network. Maybe you, you were wondering about that, but I think also the relationship between our former athletic director, Chris Telcani, who's now the athletic director, te- director at Texas, there's still really good relationships, and we're still a Texas football team. We're in the DFW Metroplex. A lot of good things in our favor. And, yeah, they are, they are positioning to take out the – like, there's no doubt about it. The, Big Ten, SEC are positioning to have a super conference that competes with and takes out the NCAA. And um, it's going to be wild. The fact that we're even here talking about it is wild, but it's happening. And But I do believe TCU is well positioned to move into the future of college football. Do you watch TCU with more passion than any NFL games you definitely, watch? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> you know, it, there's just a, a different sense of pride there. You know, you, you pay attention less to the outcomes and you're like, I'm so involved and prideful about the team that I watch how they play. I'm like, if there's like lack of effort, I'm like screaming, like, come on, you know, you know, hit that guy a little harder, like bring the physicality, the aggressiveness, the stuff that when I was there that helped build that program. Um, but yeah, I watch it with a lot of passion, and you know, I still love a lot of people that are in that organization that I that literally watched me grow up, you know, from a 17 year old kid to when I graduated. Um, that I care about deeply. So, yeah, absolutely, I watch them a little differently. Marshall Newhouse with us, uh, offensive lineman for 11 years in the NFL. Uh, One thing I wanted to ask you about the Super Bowl, do you like the two weeks in between? Or as a player, would you prefer to just let's go, let's get this done the next week? Um... Does Man, it depend on how hurt you are at that point? Yeah, it's like how, how, how much stuff am I, am I arbitraging from, a, you know, a medical standpoint. But, yeah, I mean, the time to heal is good. But, yeah, the buildup kind of stinks. And, you know, it was extra practices, and you're like, oh, can we just get it here? They did the, the big show on yep. Monday, I believe, you know, in the stadium. And so there, there's a little bit of both. I think ultimately the two weeks is good. And if we're talking about, you know, players continuing the next CBA, negotiating for a bigger piece of the pie against the owners – we all want a better product, and I think the two-week lead-up uh, allows for a better, better product because that's just business. So I'm, I, now that I'm on the other side, I do like the two weeks. It does get to be too much, but, you know, it, the, it's working. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, I think that's where we're at, so there's no reason to even change it. You played in a lot of different cities in the NFL. Best food of any of those ooh, cities. Ooh, man, best food. Like, if we're talking just like football bar food, I mean, Buffalo. Buffalo is incredible. Um, not the healthiest, obviously, <laughs> but uh, Buffalo is incredible food. Um, they, they've got an incredible football culture in, in, in Buffalo, and I enjoy my time there for sure. Worst city for food that you played <laughs> is in? Is there a worst? Uh, I think, man, like it's funny. Like day-to-day food, it was Green Bay, but they have an incredible tailgating scene, which I didn't really get to participate in, but we'd, yeah. when, if we had like a noon game, we finished – Back before they did all the renovations, there was this chain link fence separating us from the fans, and they would literally sneak over brats and stuff, and it was incredible. I was like, this is nice. But day-to-day, it was just hard to find just good, hearty meals in Green Bay. I mean, it's, I think that's kind of a natural thing, and it's no shade to the city or anything. That was probably the worst. I have a cousin that lives in Fort Worth. When I go see her, where yeah. do I need to eat in Fort Worth? He- Heim Barbecue. Heim Barbecue? Worth. H-E-I-M Barbecue. Okay. Yeah. Friends of mine, but exceptional barbecue for all sure. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Um by the way, did you enjoy the Rangers World Series? Did you get to I go to any it of that? A lot, and like, yeah, I didn't get to go to any games. Okay, but um, yeah, like it was, it was so weird because it was, you know, 
and especially we, we talk about comparing it to football. It, the ratings were low. There wasn't a ton yeah. of people paying attention. But for me, as a, I was an actual Ranger fan, I remember going in 95 to Dollar Hot Dog Night, sitting in the nosebleeds with my, my friends from school. I played baseball growing up, so also I was a, I was a baseball fan. Were you, wait, were you good? I was pretty good. I played, okay. played on a travel team, and I, just, I, I, I stopped playing in the 10th grade because football just took over. So I, I started football and wrestling. Uh, and I just was too big at that point. I was like, all right, I think the, the die is cast on what I'm going to be doing. But I, I've always been a big baseball fan. I follow the Rangers. And it's been a long time of suffering. And not just suffering, suffering, which a lot of people can relate to, just bad leadership and, and tough decisions. But it was just a magical year, man. It was incredible. And um, I was watching and tweeting and watching from afar and texting friends from back home. And it was an incredible thing. Was football your favorite sport growing up, or was did you enjoy playing something else or watching something else? Uh, football was my okay. favorite, but baseball was, was was something I enjoyed a lot. Okay. I really did, yes. I uh, I always find it interesting how athletes, which ones they enjoy playing versus which ones, well, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. better at this one, so I might, yeah, I not, might go pro in that it's one. It's not always congruent. I mean, yeah. sometimes guys are elite football players, and they're like, I, I, I like to hoop. Like, they're a whole offseason. They go hoop. They, they follow the NBA closer than they follow the NFL. It, it just happens like that sometimes. Well, he is Marshall Newhouse, 11-year <laughs> NFL veteran. Marshall, thank you so much for joining us. We I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you, man. So that was Marshall Newhouse. Uh, talked to him yesterday. Joining us now, though, is Sam Hartman, quarterback in Notre Dame this last year. Spent a few years at Wake Forest before that going into the NFL draft. Sam, thank you so much hey, for joining Sam. us. Well, I appreciate you guys having me Absolutely. on. Excited to, excited to be here. Radio Rowan. Las Vegas. How, how long have you been here already? Uh, so I just got in yesterday. Okay. Uh, did a little, uh, a couple shows yesterday and um, got to kind of just be around. We're, it's kind of an interesting point, right? You're getting ready for the draft, but yep. you're also in Vegas. So we're out here. Um, we have our, basically our camp is in California training. And so we kind of moved everything out uh, here for, for the week, like everybody else in the world, right? seems like everyone's, <laughs> anyone is out here in Las Vegas. And it's also a really cool opportunity for me with, with this kind of why I'm here. Um, I got, like you said, at Notre Dame, I got a, um, a really cool opportunity to do some charity work. And, um, you know, the Ronald McDonald House and was an unbelievable experience. And it was something that I got to kind of firsthand before games. And, and me, Coach Freeman, and other teammates got to go. And, um, and then with the help of DirecTV, um, for business got me here. So it, it's, it's a great experience. It's a lot of business and a lot of fun. Well, on the Ronald McDonald House, you – you guys were doing that before games were played on yes. Saturdays? Yeah, so we'd go Friday Friday mornings, we'd get to go, go around, drop off. Um, you know, either it's a coffee cart or we drop off like lunches and meals uh, for families and kids. And it's um, one is really cool because of the community of South Bend. It's such a Notre Dame so heavy and so huge and um, the impact that the football team has and what we can do um, with the Ronald McDonald's help is um, is incredible. So yeah, it was a, it was a tradition. Home games, you go on Fridays. A couple of us and, and Coach Freeman would go, and you know you're seeing the same kids and the same people, which is sad in a sense because they're in the hospital. But um, you kind of can build relationships and see them. They, we get them to games, and then obviously with the help of Ronald McDonald and also DirecTV for business, it's like they uh, they d they put a lot of money and a lot of things in that um, you know makes that worthwhile and it makes people at the hospital a little bit makes it a little bit better for them is that something you'd like to continue in the league you know oh, in terms of the community advocacy yes sir 100 percent. And, and that's a part of the one of the cool things i get to do is for pro day i'll be back in south bend for the first time since i left and um i'm gonna go down to the ron mcdonald house and donate some stuff i've partnered with different different organizations and, and especially direct tv is um of just just giving as much as they can. One of the, the hard things is, is a coffee cart we use. You push it around, it's four, 
floor floors. Um, I don't know what the mileage is, but um, there's not a lot of young people doing it, right? It's a lot of older people, and the, the cart was pretty difficult to move. So I remember going there, and I'm pushing this thing around, and I'm sweating. I'm like, dude, holy cow, like, I need to get this, this easier. So um, one of the big things I wanted to do was donate money to get that coffee cart fixed to make it more efficient because they had people who were doing it for 10 15 20 years but got too old to push it around so that was something i was um really passionate about sam hartman with us so i want to ask you something and i'm curious if you're already tired of hearing this about your age as you enter the nfl draft oh for sure but i I think it's um i think it's a part of my strength i think um the experiences that i've been through and and the um, the things that you have to do to get to this point. Um, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks with a lot of experience, and um, I'm just I'm just excited to, to be a part of this process. As, as you said, I'm old, but I also have a lot of lessons <laughs> and a lot of thi- a lot of a lot of experiences and plays under my belt that um, not everybody's seen and not everybody's been able to experience. And um, not all that's been good. Some of it's been bad, but you know you can learn from that stuff and, and improve. You were at Wake Forest for five years and then yes, one sir. at Notre Dame. How many degrees do you have? I have two. Okay. I got, um, so I want to do what you guys do after I'm done. I uh, I got a uh, major, two majors. So I got a communications and journalism. So I uh, I actually covered some of the Wake sports teams, um, which was fun. I kind of I had a really good professor, Professor Catnosa at Wake, who. Um, <laughs> You know, really, really, really opened my eyes to, you know, writing and, and journal. And then also with the love and passion for sports and especially football. Um, so I'm jealous of you guys. You guys, it's fun. I, I love getting on here and talking. We don't hear that a lot. I know. People that <laughs> want to do what we this do. This is great. Yeah. This yes, is sir. great. It's great. It's the, by the way, same exact degree I got, except I went to Ole Miss. So hey, I don't know if that's go. a good thing or not, but, <laughs> hey, but that's the same degree I got. Uh, what, what will be the hardest part of this preparation for you? Um, I think the biggest thing I'm focused on, and I don't know if it's the most difficult, I'm sure after the thing is over, I'll probably have a better answer. Um, but I think the biggest thing is running my own race. Um, I, I think you get caught up with the, the process. I'm working out with J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, Jaden Daniels, all top slated quarterbacks. And sometimes you can catch yourself like looking, oh, what are they doing? How are they doing? What interviews are they getting? What media stuff are they getting? What attention? Um, but I think that's been a part of my career and a part of the experience. I think a younger self would be out and worried about how everything's going and worried about what they're doing. And um, I, I just think that it's just staying focused on your, your process and your race. Um, and I think that's for everything. Like you can get caught up in what this media department's doing or what that group's doing over there. And it's right. like just run your race and at the end of the finish line, you'll, you'll, you'll see where you land. What, uh, what other sports teams at Wake Forest did you cover when you were there? Um, so I did uh, a little bit of women's soccer, which is a shameless play. That's my girlfriend played on, played on that team. <laughs> um, and then I, I just covered as many sports as I could, men's soccer. It was, it was the ones that were kind of in season while I was and it went during that class I yep. was taking. It was a little difficult, but um, I do remember sitting and watching some games and being like, okay, like, I don't know who that girl is, but I, I like her, so <laughs> um, and it worked out. Uh, one of uh, my favorite parts of, like, the combine and lead up to the NFL draft is the obsession with quarterback hand sizes. Do you know how big your hand is already? Nine five. Okay. Oh, there you the go. Shameless thing, the the bad thing was is Mike Penix was before me, and I think I, I don't miss – but he was like a 10 five. <laughs> so I went up and I'm feeling good. I'm like, heck yeah, you know, I'm not going to make any headlines for having really small hands. And then Mike Penix came up. His wingspan was like eight something, like something crazy. And his hand, I mean, his hand is like, I, I love Mike. Mike's a great dude. I'm excited for him. We get to train together and we got the senior bowl together. So, but yeah, that was one of those like, oh, okay. All right, never mind. At what point in your career did you ever think like, oh, I need to know 
how big my hand is? Like pretty early. I okay, think like following you, the draft since I, I mean, it's the, I like everybody in this process. The, the NFL has been my dream forever, and that was something like I remember my dad always measuring my hand. Like every oh, your, your <laughs> dad. Oh, your your way was your way your into hand? this. Every okay, year, every year my dad would grab me and like when this process was going on, and there would be some <laughs> like oh, you know, this person's hands too small. He'd be like, hold on, let me see something. And he, he's an or, he's an orthopedic spine surgeon, so he knows he's stretching the ligaments. So you can you can actually get it like pretty, you know. So I was I remember when I sure for the combine, I'll be sitting there stretching my. You can stretch them. I, ligaments you can stretch. So we'll we'll see. Maybe I get a maybe get another. That's what uh, Kenny Pickett was missing, an orthopedic spine surgery. I guess. That's yeah. what he needed. That's what he needed <laughs> to get the hand size bigger out there. Sam Hartman with us, uh, former Wake Forest and Notre Dame quarterback, going into the NFL draft. So I do want to ask you, because you said you're working out with Jane Daniels, Michael Penix, yeah. and all those guys. Um, specifically about Michael Penix, what what do you like about him? What do you think is going to make him successful at the next level? Um, I'd start off the field. He's just he's a relatable guy. I think you, know, you, you can make your pre-notions and you can make your – assumptions of who he is and what he is and um you know i i just think he's a great dude i think he relates to his teammates really well i think at the senior bowl guys guys respected him a lot and and just the way he carried himself it was very businesslike but also like there was a there was a human side of him there was a there was a side of him that um you know you you can laugh with and, and have a good time with and so um i just i just love love who he is off the field more and then on the field i mean it, his tape does the talking i think um, you know, all this, you see all the speculations, all the different things of whatnot. I mean, I've never seen a person throw a corner ball like he has to his receivers that, and, um, obviously his arm strengths, the measurables that you can't, you can't coach. Um, so I'm excited for him. I mean, how about Jaden Daniels? So the cool thing about Jaden is we've been training together for about two years now. And I called his Heisman. I have texts where I said, he, <laughs> we went out through last this past off season, and you know if we threw a thousand balls, he was like nine hundred and ninety five for a thousand. I was like, dude, you, you're, this kid's gonna win the Heisman. <laughs> like, I ain't throwing that well, and so um, it was really cool to see. And I, I think the biggest thing for him is, um, you know, through that process, like we were both kind of on the same trajectory of just where we were with our careers, making a transfer move, um, and then obviously he, you know, he won a Heisman. He's up in the ranks. He's looking at a first round draft grade. But he never changed. You know, he's the same guy. He was texting me during the season. We were texting, kept up. And as soon as we got out here, the first thing we want to do is hang out and just catch up. So, um, again, it's, it's a lot for me, the off-the-field stuff. On the field, you know, their names wouldn't be coming up in this conversation if they weren't good on the field. But right. off the field, they're a lot, um, a lot even better than they are on. We've got about a minute left. I do want to ask you one thing. How much do you pay attention to mock drafts? Not at all. How much did you pay attention before it was your draft? Oh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, the only thing I'm paying attention to is this: the great thing about what, what, why I'm here and why, why I love, love being able to do this stuff and having a platform is, is a charity work. And um, they have the really cool thing about obviously us, this being a local radio is, um, you know, this weekend, you know, Ronald McDonald and DirecTV is, is putting on a. a a really cool deal for some families uh, outside the strip. They're gonna they invited some families out um, that are in need, and they're gonna do a, a really cool get together. So uh, for the people listening at home, you know the Ronald McDonald Charity House is incredible, and I'm not just saying that because whatever I I believe so, and I've been 
on a foot soldier down there and, and the impact that you can make on people's lives um, of, by donating, by doing whatever, by volunteering. I love the volunteering will change your life. It changed mine. So that's my plug for that. Well, he is Sam Hartman uh, with DirecTV and the Ronald McDonald House Charity, Charities. Sam, thank you so much thank for joining you, Sam. us. Thank you, Sam. We appreciate, appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks there a we lot. go. Thanks. So there is Sam Hartman live here from Radio Row inside the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Uh, he is going to be in the NFL draft this year after playing at Wake Forest and Notre Dame. Uh, good to talk to uh, Sam Hartman there. Oh, we got an extra minute, Ari. Okay, on the fly. Ari had time. Yeah, Ari look at that. Ari had time on the fly. So, um, yeah, I, Sam, that was great to talk to. Yeah, he was great. You're, and you're 100% right that nobody's ever coming by saying, I want to do what you guys do. No, that's yeah. uh, th- th- not local radio. Nobody new. wants to do local radio. That was new. Yeah. So Jared does. Well, Jared does. I don't. I don't know what Jared wants to do. I'm a little confused by what Jared. The better part is what Jared's done in the past. That's when true. he's like, "Oh, I was a tailor." The weird thing is he doesn't want to talk about being a tailor. Exactly. Of all the things Jared has ever told anybody on the sharp air, today. he's like, "Ah, I don't want to talk about the time I was a tailor." And then he shows up today in a suit. Nice suit. Oh, it's beautiful. Did you get that like custom made, custom tailored? There's like 74 pockets in there. He's pointing out the stitching like I know Look what the this. stitching means. I don't know. Danny, okay, all right, go away. Both of you go away. Danny's over Danny's here. Danny's over here. I don't, I don't need to see it, Danny. Okay, yeah, we see on. Go away. You two, this is ridiculous. Looking Get out of here. Today, Dan. We're trying to do real radio, and we're getting Danny and Jared showing <laughs> off the inside dance. of their suit jackets. Get out of here. Radio Row, it can be way better than this. Jared and Danny are ruining it.